Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Most acts of government are pretty mundane, or at least they're supposed to be. But in Arizona, of course, nothing can be that simple. Here, the act of counting ballots, electing a governor, and even city council regulations have been shrouded in controversy and drama. The newest seemingly rudimentary task to join the ranks of other contentious practices is appointing precinct committee members when there's an opening. These members, also known as PCs, play key roles in organizing grassroots political efforts for the community. They're elected officials who help their communities register to vote, canvass for candidates, and lead movements to get out the vote. And generally, they're appointed by the county's board of supervisors based off a list of names given to them by the county party's chairperson. But in Maricopa County, some county Republican Party officials say PCs are being pitched to county supervisors for appointment by their party chairperson without their sign-off. And it turns out this isn't the first time, and it's not the only issue. Welcome to The Gaggle, a weekly politics podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com. I'm your host, Ron Hansen. I cover national politics for the Republic. Mary Jo Pitzel is out this week. This week, we're discussing the drama behind these appointments and a new policy intended to help discern what supervisors legally can do. Returning to the gaggle to talk about what's going on is Sasha Hupka. She covers Maricopa County for the Republic. Sasha, welcome back. Thanks for having me. And uh, buckle up because this one's complicated. (laughs) So it's been quite a year already for both county parties, the Democrats and the Republicans. Why don't you set the scene for us? What's been happening? Yeah, I think that's a bit of an understatement. Earlier this year, the Maricopa County Democrats were thrown into disarray over this $24,000 business deal. Uh, They paid for mailers to be delivered to about 118,000 Democrats, but those mailers never arrived. The money went to the party's executive director's fiancé and was only refunded months later. That story took a while to come out, but once it did, two county party officials resigned, including the executive director, and the folks currently in control over there are trying to right the ship. Then, the Maricopa County Republican Committee tried to get the state party to agree to run its own 2024 presidential primary election. That would have included in-person voting only, so no mail, and a hand count of the results. The state party would have needed to foot the very, very large bill for doing that, though, and it's currently broke, so that effort failed. And now there's more internal drama in the county Republican Party. Some of the legislative district chairs in Maricopa County are saying 
that County Republican Committee Chair Craig Berland is sending PC names to county supervisors without their sign-off. They want county supervisors to fix the problem, but really, this is an internal party conflict, so there's no great way to do that. Uh, I guess the only ones who don't have drama so far this year are libertarians. Many listeners might not know how this process works. We broke it down a little bit in the beginning of this episode, but what's the usual protocol for appointing a new precinct leader? So according to Maricopa County Republican Committee bylaws, when a PC vacancy occurs, the party's relevant legislative district chair and precinct captains generally nominate a candidate to fill the position. You can think of those people, the legislative district chair and the precinct captains, as kind of the leaders of areas of grassroots organizers. Their pick needs to then be approved by the party chair, in this case, Craig Berland, and forwarded to county supervisors for appointment. There's some exceptions, but that's the general protocol. It's important to note here, though, that while county supervisors do the actual appointing of PCs, they do so based on the list that county chairpeople like Craig Berland give them. So they aren't actually picking the PCs for the parties. That's left fully within party control. The Arizona Republic obtained some emails that showed discontent between Linda Migliori, the GOP chairperson for District 29, and the county's Republican committee treasurer, Lawrence Hudson. What was the tone of those emails and and what caught your eye in all that? They are really frustrated emails. And for what it's worth, it's not just Migliori's name that comes up in them. There's a few current and former legislative district chairs in those messages who are questioning why certain names were sent to county supervisors and why others weren't. One of them is actually a note to county supervisors asking them to hold off on more PC appointments until they figure out what's actually going on. I think what's interesting here is that these are emails that usually I wouldn't get to see. I actually got them because someone turned them over to the Maricopa County Attorney's Office, and that's when they became public record. They are a very clear view, a very unusually clear view, into this internal party conflict. Okay, so it's my understanding that bypassing the county supervisor's sign-off wasn't the only conflict. What were some of the other issues that district chairs brought up when you spoke to them? Some said that Craig Berland had ignored candidates for PC vacancies that they've submitted. Others have accused him of declaring vacancies when there are none. Um, In general, they laid out a variety of different issues. And for what it's worth, Berland himself said that, you know, these types of issues with PC appointments and is the chair doing them fast enough and who he's sending tend to come up every year. But I think the question that the legislative district chairs have is, is Berland doing all of this according to the county party bylaws? Okay. Last week, the supervisors approved a new policy moving forward to try and avoid these kinds of problems from happening again. And it seems like the answer is to make the procedures more uniform. So what's the new operation? So currently... Every county political party has its own forms that it submits to the county to recommend candidates for appointment by the Board of Supervisors. And until recently, 
those forms actually went to the county recorder's office, which processed them and just submitted the list of names to county supervisors. But the county recently changed its elections operations agreement. And so now those duties have shifted to the county elections department. Under the new policy that supervisors just approved, every county party will fill out the same forms for precinct committeemen vacancies and appointments. So it's standardized. And the forms, generally speaking, require the former precinct committeemen to sign them. Um, They also require the county party chair to sign a statement attesting that their request for an appointment or to create a vacancy was in accordance with the bylaws of their county political party. This isn't necessarily a perfect solution, though, because every county political party has different bylaws. And so because of that, county supervisors can't mandate that legislative district chairs sign off on these papers because not every county political party requires that in their bylaws in the process. I think that's where we get into this question of county supervisors are statutorily required to appoint these PCs, but they're not the ones picking them. The county parties are. And the way that the county parties pick them is governed by the county parties. And so the supervisors really only have so much power in this situation. It's an internal party conflict. And that in and of itself, that question really raised a lot of controversy on Wednesday because there were speakers in this audience who objected to the new policy because they said that it's a step towards government leaders interfering with their party politics. But that's not what county officials are trying to do. The parties will still choose the PCs. They're just trying to create this process for standardizing these forms and tracking them and being able to have documentation so that if a problem like this comes up again, they at least have record of who submitted what, when it was submitted, and who signed it, and whether they agreed or not that the county bylaws were being followed in the process. Okay, so that's a lot of information in the weeds on this. Let's step way back now and get the big picture on this. How important is this issue as Arizona pivots to a really important election year when the parties will presumably want to be uh, all sort of rowing in the same direction? Ultimately, what PCs are supposed to do is get out the vote and canvas and organize a community for a political party on the most basic local level. And I think this issue gets to the heart of the Maricopa County Republican Committee's ability to do that. If they can't agree on who should get these PC appointments, what the process should be, or if the process that's supposed to be followed actually is being followed, then I don't know if that bodes well for their ability to do what they need to do next year in order to actually win elections in Maricopa County. That sounds like pretty high stakes stuff, believe it or not. Okay, so that's the story with Republicans. How about the Democrats? They've had a fair amount of tumult in their operations as well. Where do things stand for them? My understanding right now is that they have new people in place at some of their most senior levels, their new chair and a new executive director. And they're working to rebuild their internal organization and get over the mailer drama that happened earlier this year. But I think the stakes are just as high for them. They need to have a party apparatus that functions 
and functions well and functions according to law and according to its bylaws in order to be able to run a successful election and actually push out these campaigns on a grassroots level. Sasha, thank you so much for joining us on The Gaggle. If people want to follow your work on social media, where can they find you? I'm on X, formerly Twitter, at Sasha Hupka. That's H-U-P-K-A. And I'm also on Instagram and threads at Sasha Hupka Snaps. Thanks for having me. That is it for this week, Gaggle listeners. Do you have questions about today's episode or topics you'd like us to cover on the show in the future? Send us a message at 602-444-0804 or a voice memo to thegaggle at arizonarepublic.com. That's one word, all spelled out. This episode was edited and produced by Amanda Liberto. Script writing and research by Amanda Liberto. News direction from Kathy Tulamello. Music comes from Universal Production Music. Never miss an episode of The Gaggle by subscribing to us wherever you listen. If you learned something new today, be sure to share this episode with a friend. You can also leave us a review and rate us five stars. You can follow The Gaggle on social media at AZC Podcasts. I'm at Ronald J. Hansen. That's H-A-N-S-E-N. The Gaggle is an Arizona Republic and azcentral.com production. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.